Welcome to Forever Young Adult, a podcast where I, Aoife, and I, Kira, discuss young adult fiction, and we have a good, fun time doing it. This episode is a mystery to me. You, listener, presumably know, because our, you know, episode titles tend to be the title of the book, but um, I don't know what we're talking about today. So, um, if you follow our social media, I do believe that I... Uh, I told you I was going to read I Am A Gay Wizard by V.S. Santoni, but um, in fact, I did not because uh, I struggled with that book quite a bit. Um, I feel like a younger me would have been more into it, but the adult version of me really struggled with it. And also there was a transphobic hate crime right in the first 50 pages and that didn't endear it to me, I have to Mm. say. Does not set you up for a good time, does it? It no, it didn't. So I last minute switched books and forgot to tell Aoife (laughs) that I was doing that until we sat down to record today. And I was like, "Oh, I'm actually reading this other book that's not about gay wizards at all. It is, in fact, about uh, very rich kids in uh, international school." Okay, and it is. It's called "We Didn't Ask for This" by Adi Alsad. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's not a book I've heard of. Um, it came out this year, or well, last year in 2020, and it is the fifth book, I believe, by Alsad. And he also has a book that he edited about the immigrant experience. Mm. Um, and he is from Mexico City in Mexico. Mm-hmm. and is currently living in America, but has also spent a lot of time in other parts of the world, as far as I can gather. And I'm very excited to be telling you about this book. I believe he now lives in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. which is amusing, because a lot of my favourite uh, music artists live in Las Vegas. <laughs> I don't it's know a, why. It's a place to kind of go when you don't want to tour anymore, but do want to do a good a lot of shows. Yeah, um, that's I, a good point. This book is an interesting premise. I'm my first thought was like, oh, and there's no like magic or anything. Um, <laughs> no, it's just contemporary fiction. Um, it's been a while since I think that I did a contemporary fiction book, but this is what we've got. It's very interesting. Just going from the title and the premise, like, okay, are these self-aware kids in an international school? They are fairly self-aware, so I'm not entirely sure what international school that it's set in. Um, the impression that I get, and to be honest, because I really don't like geography, they give a couple of locations that are vague, and I'm not sure if they're real or not. But I think that they're somewhere in India near a coast, mm-hmm. uh, because one of the central characters is really into is really into scuba diving and the central plot is about climate change Mm -hmm. and she wants to save the reefs so and also one of the kids that is a scholarship kid i believe is indian so it would make sense that uh pj was local and therefore that's the reason why 
it's set in India mm-hmm. to me. Um, but it is an international school, which means that most of the kids there are, and even the local kids that go would be like fairly, fairly well to do. But a lot of the kids there have like politician, diplomatic, very rich parents, parents that are from other parts of the world and have traveled. So a lot of the kids don't spend a lot of time at the school because they're like, my family moves around a lot. So like, I'm here for a year, I'm here for two years, which is a thing that like, it makes PJ and it makes another child in the story, um, Jordy, uh, different is that they are both kids that have been there since like elementary school. They're mm-hmm. they're long timers. Mm-hmm. And so do you want to get into the book? Yeah, um, I'm going completely cold here. So what do you want to talk about? What's the what's the compelling bits of it? So cool thing about this book as far as I'm aware, not a single one of the characters is white, mm-hmm. which was fun. I liked that. Um, just side notes. So the situation is that they all go to this real posh school, which is super international. Lots of kids from lots of different places. Lots of very influential parents. And if their parents specifically isn't influential, they know who to talk to to get stuff done. Mm-hmm. And... This school runs a lot of like after school programs, a lot of like interesting things, a lot of like once off events. And one of the one off events that they one of the annual events that they run is called the school lock in. And in this, all the senior kids. So I think there's two or three years that go to it. I couldn't quite grasp. I think it's like the seniors. So in our in our every international school does their own system and a lot of them are like they run like they'll run an an equivalent of the of the english exams they run an equivalent of the american exams they'll run an an equivalent of the european exams um and so it's difficult for me to grasp like what way they're structuring the school but basically everyone who is in this book is 16 17 touching on 18 so we're looking at like the older senior cycle Mm -hmm. and the kids that are in that senior cycle have are invited once a year to spend 24 hours at the school where they keep the school open all night and they bring food vans in and they run loads of different activities so like everyone gets a chance to do a taster session on everything like there's a spray painting class there's a rock walk rock climbing class um they've got professional chefs in to judge a cooking competition there's going to be a decathlon that the kids can um compete in there's all of these really cool activities it happens once a year some of them are kids run some of them are like the clubs that the school always hosts just showing off and like have it and some of them are trying to gain new members but it happens near the end of the of of the summer term and it is like a cause of excitement every year and it is very very cool and this year one of the students marissa has decided that she is going to politicize the event by after months of planning herself and four other students chain themselves to the doors to make it a literal lock-in mm-hmm. because 
previously you could go just all around the campus. Mm-hmm. Uh, make it a literal lock-in and they lock themselves and 270 students and a number of teachers into the building and have a list of ransom rewards requests. Mm-hmm. Ransom demands. Have a list of ransom demands for which they are holding everyone to account in order to achieve. Mm-hmm. And this is with the ultimate goal of saving the reefs or at least improving the prospects for the reefs questions i love this being set in an international school because yeah <laughs> often a problem with like climate activism is that it is misaimed people are like oh humans are the virus but oh no you've got the kids of the elite and you're holding them hostage, even as a fellow kid of the elite. I love that. Excellent yeah. work, guys. Um, and Marissa is like very aware of this. Like this is mm-hmm. this was her aim. She's like, I don't think I would have been able to do this activity if I went to any other kind of school. It's just that this school in particular has Chronic two- Rich Kids Syndrome. Chronic Rich Kids Syndrome, but mostly it just has like an abundance of reach mm-hmm. um, and so that is how that's kind of where we set the stage but the book doesn't just follow Marissa it is an ensemble cast like there's four or five students that we follow specifically but also there's other students that just keep getting like name dropped about what they're doing for instance there's two kids who we really don't find that much about, but their names are Maya and and Michael Abu. When she gives her, when she locks, changes herself to the door and gives her her first initial speech, are just like, I love her. I am in love with Marissa now. And they like are fully in support of what she's doing, but just keep just like, gazing at her from afar Mm -hmm. and just they bond each other they bond with each other over their love for her Mm -hmm. and it's just really funny because they just keep coming back up where they're like they're just mentioned in passing and they're like and Maya and Michael were in the corner doing something and like discussing their unrequited love for this person that they've just suddenly fallen in love with and other people like start joining them Mm -hmm. and it's just very amusing how 16 and 17 year olds can just fall passionately in love with a concept yeah um to be fair she yeah chained herself to the school gates with a list of demands it's not in the school gates it's the actual doors um and because this is a really rich private school that like everyone is very concerned with the well-being of their children the doors themselves are like made so that they can't be interfered with from the outside so all the mm-hmm. hinges are on the inside mm-hmm. so once she has done this and locked herself to the inside of the building no one can get no one can take down the door. Like the locksmiths arrive and are like, okay, here we are. And they're like, they put around for half an hour and like, nah, can't fix this. Sorry, babes. And leave. And what amuses me the most is that nobody falls in love with the other kids chained to the other doors. They're just like, Marissa is the leader. And she's so charismatic. And we love her. 
We want to do anything we can to help her specifically. We don't care for Joy, who is having a lot of trouble with the fact that she has to pee in a bucket. <laughs> God, wow. this is amazing. Um, God, this is good. And it's it's really well, the plan is really well thought out. Like mm-hmm. um, Marissa and her team have over the weeks previous been like scouting out where all of the tools that would break the chains have been hanging at would be mm-hmm. in like cupboards and whatnot and before before they lock themselves in they remove them all so there's nothing to like break the chains mm-hmm. they also have been sneaking in non-perishable foods mm-hmm. for like a couple of weeks and keeping them in their lockers and also keeping them in in the kitchen area that there's a kitchen area but the canteen is in a different building. So like they don't have access to the regular food that they would have. But Marissa like did plan for this. So she was like, I don't want to damage the students. I don't want to hurt anybody. I'm just holding them hostage indefinitely until my demands are met. And she has 30 demands. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to hear some of them? Yes. So I actually don't think that it gives us a list of all the demands, but some of them are quite simple. Some like some of them are like not necessarily quite simple, but things that can be managed on a local school scale. And some of them are just like, what? How would you possibly be able to get anything close to that? Sometimes it's important to shoot for the stars. What was there's a James Connolly quote that was like you expect us to aim low and hope low um, and live in the dirt, but consider this, what if our dreams come true? <laughs> Listen, yeah, have practical stuff, but also go wild. Ask ask for a side of, you know, justice and cheesy fries. Yeah, it doesn't give us the full list, but one of the things that she wants is that she wants um, the school buses to be uh, changed from petrol and diesel to electric which mm-hmm. is common in Europe. She wants um, the school to give up single-use plastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wants them to readjust all of their contracts with everyone throughout every contract that they have in the school. She wants them to make sure that the companies that they're with are using some sort of, have some sort of like um, environmental and eco plan and are, are doing the best that they can to be as eco-friendly as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, one of her outrageous demands is that she wants the city itself to commit to being carbon neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, and she also wants the construction of a planned resource on Loco Loco Island to be cancelled. Okay. Now, there are a lot of... So she has 30 demands. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the main thing that she really, truly wants is the construction of this planned resource to be cancelled. Because she wants to save the reefs. Because she wants to save the reefs. It's right on the waterline. And even, like, she can see as it's being, like, set about. Like, as construction is starting on it, she can see it's already damaging the ecosystem. So she has kind of, like, buried her true aim under all these other aims. And part of the reason why she included, like, this, the entire city to be to be um, carbon neutral is because that's such an insane thing mm-hmm. that it ma- for her to, to request that it makes the construction site 
look less like more reasonable by comparison yeah um i love that smart very smart she is very smart like that is the thing that i liked the most about marissa is that like she truly had a plan she truly had a plan and she had people that truly believed in her and believed in the plan and they're all willing to stick it out because Aoife, while we don't follow the entire timeline, this book is split into two parts. And the mm-hmm. first part is the the night of the lock-in and the second part is one week later when they are still all locked in. Okay, sorry. Could you run that past me again? Yeah. Literally just so- please, I... So part one, right, takes place. Marissa, jo- Marissa, Joy, uh, Lolo, and Eli lock themselves. There's someone I'm missing. Lock themselves to all the exits, mm-hmm. okay, from the inside. And we follow the, what happens that night as the teachers, the school board, the other students go about like trying to meet her demands and also just doing their nice and how that mm. goes. And then we skip to a full week later where everyone is still inside the building. How much non-perishable school food did they manage to hoard? So they hoarded quite a bit and here's the other thing so parents have been bringing their kids things through the windows Mm -hmm. but the windows are not the the building is built to be Mm eco-friendly to a certain degree and in order because it has it is in a very hot climate again i believe somewhere in india is is designed so as to keep the heat out and and keep the air conditioning in. So none of the windows actually open, but they all have like these three inch slots up the top that that do let air in and out and can they be have closed vents down. or whatever. They have they are... basically they basically have three inch vents, and so people have been passing things in and out through the three inch vents. Mm-hmm. So the kids have been able to get new food. They've been able to get new clothing. They've been able to get blankets like. None of the kids Except are... Joy who has to pee in a bucket. All of the kids that are locked have to pee in a bucket. But like Joy's brother is locked in with her and he helps provide some privacy for these these things. Like they planned it out. They all what have I a wouldn't... week's worth of knickers with them. What I wouldn't <laughs> love is the, uh, the flannel wash. Like flannel washing is never pleasant. But um, mm-hmm. doing it chained to a... Like very eco-friendly, but chained to a uh, anything. Yeah. So like they went into it knowing that they were going to suffer and it would not be easy and that they would be doing this for an extended period of time. Like they went into it knowing this. Um and they are suffering. They're getting a lot of cramps. That it's not very pleasant, but at the same time the students they weren't sure how the students would react. And the students, for the most part, are kind of like, fine. There is a lot of trouble on the first night. And as we do the, t- the the time of the last, after a week later, things are starting to boil over a little bit again. But for most of the week, which we do skip, but like 
hear about how it went. Most of the, the kids that are locked in the building are just like, I guess we'll just wait this out. There's a there's a lot of malaise happening. So even though a lot of the students are technically on their f- side, the fact that it's been a week means they're a bit weary of it. Yeah, yeah. And also, they're not really sure what they can do. They're just like, we're waiting for the adults to fix us. And this is where, like... Do the teachers still try to do class? Yes, <laughs> teachers do still try to do class. But they're also like, I don't know what you expect me to do. Like, half the kids don't show up for class because they're just hanging out in the library or the corridors or just in the gym. One of the teachers who herself is like, I miss my morning yoga, starts running a yoga class at 7am for anyone who wants to show up in the gym. And like several of the like regular students just start going to that. That's just a thing that they do now. They get up in the morning, they go to yoga. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I, I would want, I'm trying to think of the, if I was in this situation. I mean, I would definitely be one of the people chained to the uh, doors, but I would be real mad if there was a yoga class I couldn't get to. I'd be like, miss, can you please try to do it in the corridor? I know, I know it's hard, but like, I just, I, you know, I'm really cramping here. <laughs> and they would be very unhappy because it would be, you did this. Do you have any more direct questions by about what I've told you already? Um, I mean, my biggest question, of course, is going to be what the parents' response is. But before that, I've got a question for you, which is Mm -hmm. if you saw someone do a really cool and amazing act of activism while you were a teen and really impressed you and you fell a little bit in love. Yeah. How long would they have to be unwashed, chained to a wall before you (laughs) no longer found them attractive? Um, I think I would find them attractive forever, I have to say. But I do think, I think that I would be like these... um, the two kids that were like, oh my God, I love her, but from afar. I don't mm. think that I would be cool enough to be like, I I will actively interact. I'm not sure. I want to be one of the kids that actively interacts in a positive manner. I'm more asking when would the BO overpower the crush? Never. Never. Powerful. Never. That's real love. Yeah. I know. I'm, yeah, that's mm. how it goes. I don't know. Maybe in real life it would. But uh, for the love interest in this book, it does not. Oh, there's a love interest? Of course there is. Well, okay, listen. I'm, <laughs> I care about the plot here. Um, God, uh, I don't know when to... I guess I'm going to keep the rest of my comments till after book discussion. So... Okay. Do we so, get to know about yep. what happens with the demands and how long does it take the parents to absolutely freak out does anyone like bring a tank okay so i'm not going to tell you what happens with the demands i am going to say that like they are slow to figure out that this is like the adults in the room they are just slow to take it seriously and they come back like on the first night they come back with like okay we will stop using single plastic and and marissa's like great 29 to go and they're like no but we gave you something we're good now and she's like 29 to go what well, you um listen it's not that you can't negotiate with terrorists it's just <laughs> that they've got a very strong negotiating tool yes also she's not um, trying to she's not trying to do terrorism because it 
aim of terrorism is to cause terror, where she's just like <sighs> effectively I can... like leveraging the possibility of unmet needs and just the fear that people have about their kids, which is a very cool climate metaphor as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the parents' reactions is mixed. Partly because the school itself initially is like, okay, so they contact the parents of they contact the parents of the kids that are chained to the door to be like, what is your kid doing? And they they don't start contacting the other parents yet because they're like, well, they didn't expect their kids to be home by until the morning anyway, and probably will have it sorted by then. It's a local problem. We'll try to solve this in-house before we worry the parents. But of course, some of the kids contact their parents. Mm-hmm. So the kids that are inside kind of don't seem to contact their parents. The kids that are inside are like, this is... The situation and it's not a good situation but this is the situation it's the kids that are outside who want to be inside and are like what's happening inside i want to be inside it's starting to rain a little i'm Papa, gonna call my mom i'm Papa, gonna call my mom and Papa, the other children won't let me into the the, the hostage situation Papa, throw money at them Papa. i'm gonna call my parents and i'm gonna go home now not <laughs> all of the kids outside go home so, but like as soon as some kids start calling their parents to go home the kids do the parents do a whip around phone tree situation to be like why does my child want to come home from lock-in night lock-in night is the highlight of these kids year i don't understand what does your kid want to come home no kid has ever called home from lock-in night before this is my night off my plan was to drink wine and pass out on the couch. Why is my child calling me? So they do a whip, they do a phone tree to the other parents and they're like, something is wrong. And they turn up at the school. Mm-hmm. Um, at which point things get a little bit tenser. But mm-hmm. overall, the parents are kind of like, my child is safe. I don't like this situation, mm-hmm. but my child is safe. And I will give them everything that they need through this three inch slit so that they can remain being slit safe um slit safe. being com- comfortable-ish or mm-hmm. as comfortable as you can be sleeping on the floor with a blanket mm-hmm. and so that's kind of and the parents obviously are putting a lot of pressure on the school board but that's kind of as far as it goes mm-hmm. um, and they're not doing you know for example maybe doing the thing that we know will resolve the problem meeting the demands they the school board eventually does be like can you do anything about this but it's not until the kids themselves are like why are you letting me still be in here like mm. you have some sort of leverage that they really get going with the whole thing mm-hmm. um and also something happens that I don't want to tell you because it's a spoiler. I really don't really want to discuss much about what happens one week later because I'm like, there's so much joy in reading mm. this book with an unknown. But something does happen that puts like a timeline on Marissa and her group's ability to keep the doors locked. Also, they swallowed the keys. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> God, yes. I'm really, like, I want to know what happens. Um, also, like... 
Maybe I should read the book. How long did it take you to read the book? Um, see, I'm not a good example for how long it takes a person to read a book because when I start reading books, unless I unless I'm struggling with them, I hyper, I tend to hyper focus and then I read the whole book in less than twelve hours. Yeah, so, but, okay. But in terms of those twelve hours, how many of those hours did you spend reading? Because I will do that in shorter bursts and like slightly more towards veneer of normal be like four hour bursts across four days or whatever uh okay fair enough I probably spent about eight to ten hours actively reading the book Mm. so I really want to read it I want to know what happens I want to know I want to know whether I this is the thing where like there's a problem in activism where people like to be You don't have to approve or agree with something for it to be making a worthwhile point, but I kind of want to know whether this will be like a fun read where I'm like, ha ha, yeah, (laughs) get them. It is fun. It is a fun read. It's mostly fun because we don't spend all of our time with Marissa because Mm. as I said, it's an ensemble piece. So we spend a little, she's chained to a door. We spend a little bit of time with lots of different people and the book is split up by the, by time. Mm-hmm. So like you get, you're like it. It'll be like it's nine nine thirty five p.m. Who's where? And then, what's happening? Kind of. Um. And then and then you'll the next chapter will be like ten thirty five or ten fifteen something like I that. Love that. So which means that you get multiple people's point of views within that like forty five minute time frame, mm-hmm. and it's not even all that. Like sometimes you just bring in a new character and be like here we go, we're just going to talk about this person for two seconds. In the same way that, like, we find those two characters that, like, are in superficial love with Marissa, there's, like, this couple that he keeps coming back to and mentioning in passing who are just like, what if we just found somewhere private to snog? Just, mm-hmm. what if we what if we spend a, an entire week in each other's company for the first time ever? And they're just doing that. And that's, like, mm-hmm. they're not participating in anything else. They're just being, like... We love each other. Lovey, 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 lovey. And then because they are teenagers spending too much time in each other's company, fighting over some nonsense and then going back to being lovey, dovey, dovey, dovey. And we just like teens and we just like check in on them every couple of chapters Mm -hmm. uh, to be like, oh, yeah, no, there are people whose lives are affected by this, but are not like involved. Um, Uh, I want to know. You said that the first bit is basically one day or a few hours right at the beginning. Yeah. And now it's at, it skips forward a week. Do we get an approximately the same amount of time on the other end? Yeah. Okay. So we get about, we get about like eight to 12 hours at the front end and then eight to 12 hours at the end. So we, we skip that boring middle bit where people are just coming to where teachers are coming to Melissa to be like here's what we can do for your demand and her being like but that doesn't actually meet the requirements of any of my demands that's no more straws um she actually makes the point that she does not want to do a full ban on straws because they can be useful for people with disabilities good okay listen this goes so off topic I once knew someone who I gladly don't know anymore, I do not speak to them, whose response to, but straws are useful to people with disabilities, was like, 
Yeah, but people with disabilities use too many resources anyway. Well, that person is uh, terrible. A eugenicist. And a eugenicist. I'm glad that you are no longer friends with them. I hope that they change their point of view as they become They were never my friend. Um, But yeah, that was very annoying. Even before I knew I had a disability myself, I was like, huh, do you know about empathy? Uh, I, uh, like my partner has to use single. To my partner has to use single-use plastics all of the time because they are type one bi- diabetic and they need to like prick themselves with needles and those needles need to have something sterile containing them, and uh, that is nothing compared to the amount of plastic that's in the sea because of inefficient uh, disposal of fishery waste. Yeah. Um. Like, should we reduce the number of? of plastic straws in the world? Yes. Should we ban them completely? Probably not. That's my feeling on it. And also, as a person who doesn't have a disability that requires the use of plastic straw, I do sometimes just get annoyed using paper straws because they are not good enough. I know I have a friend who, as well, cannot use paper straws because of a sensory issue. So (laughs) nothing is universally accessible. Yes, the answer in that case is to use a reusable straw and that's what that friend does. But again, that's more, and I think this is what this book is doing, which is why I'm very interested in it. It's highlighting how that is a diversion. That's a red herring to get everyone's um, outrage focused elsewhere Mm -hmm. while Um, real bigger problems are not being addressed, even while you have the power to address them. Kind of like how carbon footprints were invented as a Mm -hmm. scale in order for companies to be like, but what are you, the individual, doing in order to reduce your carbon um, while they do almost nothing, even though, like, it doesn't matter if I drive an eco-friendly car, you are making non-eco-friendly cars yeah you are making so many that it my my individual purchase has much less of an influence like maybe you should also you cannot fix the world with eco-friendly cars you need to change the amount of times people need to use a car system change absolutely bottom up complex system change like yeah i'm just saying like on an on an individual like purchase level it matters less what i am doing than how you are creating those products. Like what products I buy to how you create those products. Um, That isn't to say that like people shouldn't be aware of their impact, but there's just such like larger scale issues further up. That the Your awareness of your impact should fuel you to address systematic issues. Yeah. And chain yourself to the school. What more is there to say? Like, um, I just want to talk about the a couple of the other characters a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but that is like, it's a really good book. I really want everyone to read it. Um, the other characters that we have that we get like the most time with are PJ, who, as part of the lock in, the like the regular lock in that happens mm-hmm. annually. All of the activities that happen are like school sanctioned and have a supervisor and everything is like everything is really cool. There's really cool activities. They make one of the classrooms into a giant ball pit, Tumblr con style. Oh, dog. And okay. Dash con style. But 
like there are really cool activities that they are running that are sanctioned but one of the things that is not sanctioned and that happens every year anyway is that someone organizes a party and the way that you make it like an unsanctioned party is to sneak in alcohol Uh and it's and like the teachers know that there's that a party will happen but like no party has ever been technically found because the teachers are like the kids are doing this in a safe responsible like i do not see it it is not so yeah his whole thing on the first night is being like i am in charge of throwing the party it has been decided that i will throw the party and so i have a massive plan to throw this party but the supplies that i need are outside the building mm-hmm. and i am inside the building mm-hmm. so his arc of the night is trying to figure out a way to throw this party and he's also like the students need this because something has gone wrong and so the activities aren't happening and there's like this tension in the air and so they need this and in a very self like at the start he's like I'm being so selfish for still wanting to throw this party when things are happening Mm -hmm. but then he like looks around him and he's like oh no this they need something and it does it it does power him through the night and also his brother Hamish is in hospital Hamish and his and brother PJ. yeah and they're local kids yeah right okay i guess scottish people can be in india oh it's it's pj like p e e j a y yeah but hamish you said the Hamish? Kid- okay, that makes more sense, actually. <laughs> okay. Wait a second. God. I'll find his name right now. This more. is like that bit where um, one of the first nations to make contact with France when France went to the Americas has a greeting that sounds a bit like bonjour. Uh, mm-hmm. So when the French people like traveled across an ocean to a land that like no one they knew of had been to ever before like met this new group of people they had no contact with from a culture that was entirely alien to their own and they just said hi (laughs) language converges (laughs) it's h-a-m-i-s-h that's how you spell hamish uh, the scottish name okay um i assume it's it could be pronounced differently Hamish? Hamish? I'll go with Hamish Mish? because that's one thing I've been saying know. Hamish and I didn't didn't correspond to the fact that like their last name is Singh. Um <laughs> it's just like, yeah, cool. Um but so his people people be from different places and having kids with a surname that is not one is not from a similar background to their first name because you know, sometimes two parents aren't from the same background. This is incredibly true because one of the other characters that we follow about is uh, Kenji, and his mother is Japanese and his father is English, I believe, mm-hmm. could be American. Um, but the father's name is Arthur Pierce. So his mm-hmm. name is Kenji Pierce. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Fun. But PJ is trying to throw this party in honor of his brother who threw possibly the greatest uh cis uh party Mm -hmm. ever 
a couple of years back and his brother is now in hospital due to an accident that he's gotten into and pj is like when i get to see him again after this party uh, after the lock-in i'm going to tell him about the most amazing party that i threw and it will like Mm -hmm. lift his spirits and make him better and also his brother seems like marissa may have one up to you like you will have been at the greatest party but not how you think yeah um and hamish is seems to be just like one of these most amazing people that just brings out the best in other people and pj also has this ability but he 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 puts it down entirely to trying to like be as good as hamish all of the time he's like the reason that i am able to be good with people is because hamish was so good at people and i'm just doing what I think that he would have done all of the time. And I'm like, but you do that all of the time. Like, you are always trying to be as good as Hamish, which in a way makes you as good as Hamish. Like, other people don't know about this internal struggle in him to be a better person all of the time. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, baby, child, I love you so much. Go a little easy on yourself. And like, anytime he is... Like he he initially has like this massive amount of like negative feelings towards Marissa and how mm-hmm. like this plan of hers is affecting him and his plan. And like, obviously she put a lot of planning into her plan, but I put a lot of planning into my plan and this is disrupting it and da 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 da. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, this isn't how Hamish would want me to react. And so he just like mm-hmm. reacts better and has like, like turns himself around. And I'm like, child you did that Hamish isn't here thinking about what Hamish would do like might have helped you but he's not actually here you did this yourself I'm so mm-hmm. proud of you grown-up response Excellent. um yeah our other characters are Kenjay who just really wanted to do improv that's his thing improv is his thing he's just he's an improv kid that's his whole thing and his whole life <laughs> We're all is just a series going to be like oh an invisible lamp his it's, it's his life and he really struggles with it because he's like oh oh this scene is very difficult mm-hmm. um, and also his improv friends were outside getting food when the doors got locked. So Mm -hmm. he's kind of on his own, which is lucky because Celeste has been at this school for about a year, for about a couple of months, like Mm -hmm. nine months or something, um, most of the term. Mm -hmm. And she comes from America and she has not made any friends in her time. And she's not entirely sure why, but as this has continued on, it has become harder and harder and harder to make friends. She can't, like, like, in her, we see the ways in which, like, I didn't expect racism to be, like, a thing in the book. Kira. But a thing that I really did enjoy was this girl being like, I have learned over time while I'm here that my American accent isn't not having an accent. It isn't, like... My accent, an accent isn't not an accent. It's an American accent. And I have been I have been told by these kids who speak multiple languages. I would just say I it's hilarious to me that you would like it's a very common conception as well in the global north and in Europe and America specifically, that when there's no white people around there can't be any racism. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Good understanding That is not what I meant. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Just that they're very diverse or something? They are very diverse and like nobody is 
being racist within the 24 hours of time that we see. Um, but it was like an awareness of nationality more mm-hmm. and that the only American that we have, that we spend time with was like, I had to learn that America is not the center of the world. And I'm Good like, for her. go you, go you. I, her- I had a friend from um, Singapore when I was growing up. So I was very aware I was very aware that there are entire swaths of the world with complicated racial dynamics I do not understand. Um, uh, But yeah, um, interesting to see that stuff portrayed. I'm, Mm -hmm. you know I'm going to read this book, right? I'm trying to read more books by non-white authors and it's a climate book. Mm -hmm. It's very good. Um, Who else do we have? So Celeste, oh, we also have Amira who is the character to whom has a bit of a love interest with Marissa. Mm-hmm. Um, so Amira is uh, Muslim and in, her yeah. mom her mom has very set thoughts about what girls mm-hmm. should and should not do. And Amira is having a lot of issues with that. Nearly all of her like point of view bits have something about like her mother's voice in her head telling her what she can and can't do. Mm. And one of the ways in which she goes against her family, as it were, is mm. that she is incredibly into sports, incredibly into sports. Mm-hmm. And so she as like a, a, a rebellion against her mom and her mom's views has decided that she will compete in and win the decathlon. Now, in previous years, the decathlon was a gendered competition. Mm-hmm. And the last year, she won the girls' decathlon. Mm-hmm. And this year, seeing that there was technically no rules, she has entered the boys' decathlon. And following her lead, other girls joined the girls' decathlon and in solidarity, some of the boys signed up for the girls' decathlon. And so in the end, the school was like, fine, there is one decathlon. We're not, it, we have ungendered it. So she herself mm-hmm. has, like, done a thing in the befores and was, like, was expected to win the decathlon. There was one boy called Omar who there was questions that he might beat her, but that was like the only real competition. And so this Marissa was like, uh, I feel bad about staging my thing on the same night as Amira's thing because like she was breaking down barriers, but mm-hmm. alas, it must be done. <laughs> I only get one chance at this. I might not even be at this school next year. Yeah. And so Marissa and Amira kind of like, come to some sort of understanding where Marissa, where Amira is like, I see, I have been quietly admiring you from afar all year because I have these things that I really want to say and stand up for myself, but that I am keeping quiet because it is easier with my mother. But you appear to always be yourself and you appear to stand up for issues in class, but not like, you're not just arguing for the sake of arguing when you like discuss things in class you were always like you are passionate about the things you are passionate about and that is interesting to me and now you have locked yourself to a door 
and I'm really angry because this means that I can't do the thing that I wanted to do mm-hmm. that would be a an up you to my mom, but I see the importance of your thing, so I have conflicting opinions about it and you, but they grow closer and closer throughout the week and they um and Amira, because she is so good with her body and everything, has lots of like stretches that Marissa can do and she gives them to the other locked door people as well in order to like ease the pain of of standing slash mm-hmm. um Marissa and the others also have like a little stool that they can put some of their weight on as well and they've brought snacks like they've they've come prepared um but at the same time they were like we don't necessarily know that people will help us so it is nice that people are um and that is that's our main cast and then a couple of other people come in and out the primary like student antagonist is Jordy who repeats his father's views that protesters are only ever in the way and shouldn't you shouldn't give in to their demands and so he kind of leads some of the students against them but for the most part the students are kind of like i'm just gonna wait this out what it sucks let's let's get some takeaway brought to us (laughs) via the three inch slots Um, lots of pizzas i guess (laughs) lots of pizzas um Omar is also a, a character and he has a crush on PJ that is very sweet and cute. And he, his sister is one of the people locked to the doors and he is like, I didn't realize that she was so into this. Like, my sister is my friend and we are really close because we travel a lot. But this is, so it's weird that I didn't know this. And so she shares with him like how into the environment she is now and like how concerned she is about climate change and the like and he shares with her that he has a crush on PJ and then he starts going around the school just collecting all of the plastic that the kids are bringing in from the takeaways and being like I will support my sister very quietly by just collecting all the pla- like upturning trash cans where kids have like put their the rubbish in the bin and he's like upturning the bins to take out all the cl- plastic mm-hmm. and segregate it and then just gathering it all in one place so that they can properly recycle it when all of this is over. And I'm like, Omar, I adore and love you. <laughs> that is very sweet. It is very sweet. Um, so those those are our central characters. There's also a couple of teachers that are like, some of the teachers are just like, let's just get through this. Some of the teachers are like, I want to be on their side, but I am a teacher. And some of the teachers are like, like that's kind of it. The teachers are either like, I am on your side, but I'm a teacher, so I have to be an official neutral, mm-hmm. or they just don't care. They're just like, I why is there not enough coffee? <laughs> Very fair though. <laughs> there is not enough coffee for this. Okay. I- so that's that's my telling of the book, and I will answer any questions that I feel will not reduce someone's enjoyment of the story. Um, how does the the power dynamics of an international school where sometimes the kids mm-hmm. have a huge amount of influence based on their family and the teachers are transient and not necessarily powerful how does that how does that interact as 
the normal structures of a tea, of a school decays because they've been locked in for a week. Um, it doesn't really. There is some like. There is some. What's the name of the book about the kids on the island? Lord of the Flies. There is some Lord of the Flies activity on like the first night, but for the most part, once things calm down from that, the students are just like, fine, we, this is fine. It's not ideal. The teachers are telling us what they want us to do. And yeah, I'm really bored. So I'll go to class today. And other times they're like, no, I'm not feeling it. I'm good. The kids on the outside are... (laughs) The kids on the outside are like getting homework assignments from the teachers that are stuck inside. And some of the teachers, some of the teachers are stuck inside. Some of the teachers are stuck outside. So they're still getting homework assignments to send in. And apparently they're being like ultra prompt with it because they also are like real bored and have nothing to do. And they're just like, ah, just, I'll just keep busy. Just send in my assignments. That gives me some connection to what's happening on the inside. I'm going to guess from your yeah. phrasing that you're not mm-hmm. going to let, you're not going to tell me how mm-hmm. it ends and whether... It is satisfying. It, okay. Um, and mm, I'm just very into <laughs> the fact that this book exists. I yep. think I would love to read more climate-focused fiction. My... Mm-hmm previous thought for that category was mostly cli-fi but this is not cli-fi it's just climate focused um so maybe i would also love that so throwing the net out to both you and our listeners that if you want to recommend me anything let me know i don't know if i have any other questions because mostly i just all of my questions are questions that you will not answer Yeah, I guess what are, who would you recommend this book to? I think I would recommend it to almost everyone. Definitely teens. I don't know. It really, I think I would recommend it to like people ourselves. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of the books we read, I'm like, this is a book for a teenager in the moment of being a teenager. And sometimes I'm like, you know what? Adults would also be into this book. And I feel like it really does capture the excitement of being a teen and that like sense of invincibility that comes with us because you don't know what you don't know. Marissa's plan is incredibly well researched. It's really well done um, and documented. And one of her teachers at one point, right at the very beginning when the demands are first made, is just like, one of one of the school board people is like, it should be easy. She's a teenager, whatever. And the teacher's just like, oh, have you no, met a teenager? <laughs> Any of them? I've seen her essays. It's not going to be easy. Like her essays are well researched. Like her arguments are good. This is we're, we're in for something here. Mm-hmm. Um, and she it, did a five point plan. She's got she, stuff sorted. They've got this together. Like. She knows what she's doing. And even the kids that aren't like directly involved in it, I was like, this is just like Kenji is just so obsessed with improv. Like, I love it so much for him. <laughs> okay. And 
and and he knows he knows that improv is not like the cool thing he knows it mm-hmm. like his first conversation with celeste is him being like do you want to do you want to do have you ever done improv and she doesn't say anything and he's like i know what you're thinking i know you're thinking that it's not for you but like improv is for everyone you just have to like commit and be into it and then he just keeps talking go to mind school kid and and celeste is just like celeste is really drawn into herself over the last few months because when she came to the school she was like i have loads of friends at home i know how to make friends i know the things that you say in order to make friends and then just like little things happened at each attempt and it just didn't work Mm -hmm. for her and now she's like a couple of months later and doesn't really she doesn't know how to like start with someone again and like her so she's she's nearly delighted to be stuck in lock-in because she's like friendship opportunity when we leave lock-in maybe these people that i have like formed a group with will no longer want to be my friends or hang out with me because they're not they are not a group outside of lock-in either. We've mm-hmm. just, like, come together. So she's actually quite concerned about that. Like, she's not... She is not sabotaging lock-in, yeah. the lock-in at all, because th- that would be a plot line that I could see happening. Mm-hmm. But she is also like, I'm actually very okay with this situation. And her, her, her mom was a community organizer when they were in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so her mom is like kind of supportive of what's going on her mom does initially be like i thought we left all these like school shootings and everything and behind when we left america and her daughter is just like no it's not that kind of thing like it's definitely a protest and i am technically a hostage but everything is i'm not afraid of any violence coming it's fine no no threat of like like, violence summer camp yeah um, and so her mom is like super supportive and also keeps being like, is this a local thing? Which is the the in-joke family term for when some like a cultural shock that they are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they keep they keep like a, a track of of the 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 local things that they come across in order to share as a family on a little board at home that they're like, what's the most local thing this that is, we have seen this week. It's like week. the opposite of a vision board. It's a board of like <laughs> our shortcomings in seeing stuff. Yeah. Oh, damn. Uh, I guess then I just want to know what your highlights, lowlights and sidelights are for this. I think that my highlights are the very small little romance Mm-hmm. between Marissa and Amira mm-hmm. who are both like too focused on other things to fully give themselves over to the fact that they are kind of crushing on each other mm-hmm. like other stuff is happening and is very important and Amira a lot of Amira's affection towards Marissa is mm-hmm. built on like her admiration for how herself Marissa is and also, like, that leads her to have a lot of questions about, like, how she would deal with actually having... She's like, I've always had to deal with the fact that I will probably have to come out to my mom. And I don't know how I'm going to do that. But now there's an actual girl that I, like, definitely like. And I don't know what I want to do with this. And Marissa is like, how could she like me when I made her cancel the decathlon? <laughs> but actually, also... Oh. 
This is reminding me of Cry of the Ice Mark because our mains there, Oscar and Theron, are like, we are not allowed to be teenagers. We're very busy. We're doing very important stuff. And just the, because you're cute doesn't mean I can stop doing the important stuff I'm doing. Uh. Um, And Omar and PJ also have like, well, Omar is just like, I fancy PJ. Mm-hmm. PJ is the most popular boy in the school and I fancy him. Um, but this is also new. And for most of the book, I was like, I don't think they're actually going to interact at all. Mm-hmm. So that's, but it's it's nice. I had crushes on people when I was in school that I didn't interact with just because they were like a person who stood out in class and that was admirable. Um, and so that felt very natural to me. And then... I think also like I just really like Celeste and I like how she is just like I'm not entirely sure what's going on but I'm here for it and I'm gonna help and please be my friend but also don't make me say the words please be my friend because that would be socially awkward. Mm -hmm. Oh god being a teen huh? Yeah and watching her come out of her shell a little because she's like I know I have the ability to make friends. I've just failed at it spectacularly and repeatedly for months. So it's a co- it's a local thing. <laughs> maybe I actually don't have the ability to make friends. Mm-hmm. Um, it's upsetting. The other thing I like, um, a sidelight that I like is because it's an international school, most of the students speak multiple languages and it keeps telling us when the students are speaking English versus when they're speaking a different language. Mm-hmm. Um, and at one point, I think it's PJ and Marissa both speak Spanish, but the text specifically is like, and they spoke to each other in English because that is the language that they, that was the default language of the school, but also that was the language that they first interacted in. And so that is the language that they are speaking now, whereas a sibling set are speaking English to other people and then they switch to Spanish to talk to each other because that is the language that they speak to each other. And it was just code switching it was a simple way of being like there are multiple languages going on there's multiple things happening here Mm -hmm. and then I don't really have I don't think I have a negative about the book um possibly I'd like to see a bit more about like the week in between but I also fully understand why that would not necessarily be entertaining to read and honestly Mm -hmm. if it was written maybe I'd be like oh that wasn't necessary so that's it. I really liked it. I feel like it was well researched. Um, I don't have any plot holes for it. Um, at cer- certain points, you're just like, yeah, people, are, like, yeah, that could have been a plot hole, but only because people are stupid. Like mm. the kids, the kids all swallow the keys, right? Mm. And at no point does anyone be like, well, you must have a backup key. Where is the backup key? <laughs> They stole it. Don't worry. <laughs> like, if we give in to your demands in five minutes' time, are we still going to have to wait for the digestive system? Like, nobody asks that question. They're just like, oh, shit, kids are locked to the door. Gotta go. Gotta keep going. Um, and I'm like, these are things that will occur to you afterwards. Mm-hmm. But that's very human that nobody... I mean, it's not a plot hole. They they reference it within the book. Like, Marissa's like, nobody has asked me for the spare key. <laughs> like, clearly there's a spare key. <laughs> People are panicking. They're very bad at it. Yeah. Yeah. God. So, uh, 
I really enjoyed it. I think other people should read it. I'm sorry if this description of the book is so vague that you feel like I haven't talked about the book at all, but it really is. And my partner was laughing at me because he asked what the book was about. And I was like, it's about a lock-in, but it's also about the experience. Just Uh, the experience. (laughs) Well, the downside of it for me, my low light, is that I want to know what happens now. I don't want to wait. I want to know now. But uh, can I get that off you? Maybe this week? You can borrow this book from me. Yes, of course. Cool. Uh, So that's been We Didn't Ask For This by Adi Alsat. And what are we going reading next? God only knows. Um... (laughs) I don't have a plan. We vaguely discussed the idea of us both reading Artemis Fowl and Please. discussing it because though it is towards the younger end of YA and in fact is maybe a kid's book, we both read it as kids and it's Irish and it's really good. Um, also, the later books do become slightly more mature so they hit the teen end, but I love Artemis Fowl. I think that every single person, I recently reread it. Like, I know that we discussed rereading it ourselves for the pod, but I reread it because already. Because you reread it, and, yeah. Yes. And I think that it's just such a smart book, and I think that it's really funny, and I do think that just every single human being should read it. And if I ever meet mm-hmm. Owen Colfer, who wrote it, I will tell him that, and I will also tell him that the wish list, which is aimed for slightly older people, um, like young teens, changed how I viewed morality <laughs> nice we should read the wish list actually that is a book sure uh, I, I have not reread that in so long that i'm like oh no what if it doesn't hold up but it did definitely change 13 14 year old kira's view on morality so there we go could be solid uh yeah so we're playing it fast and loose right now because i'm really at a crunch point in terms of degree stuff and Kira had to read a very disappointing wizard's book, so. (laughs) Yeah, it took me so long. Um, I read three quarters of it, and I, two thirds of it even, and I possibly would have even finished it, but if it had not been uh, a pod specific, I, it would not have made the 100 page mark, Mm -hmm. which is the test point for me. That's very fair. I'm trying to be better about not having 15 books I'm halfway through and just acknowledging when I'm going to put it down and not pick it back up again. Or if I'm going to pick it back up again, it's going to be so far into the future that I might as well remove the bookmark and start fresh. (laughs) Um, So thank you for always championing the cause of if you don't like it, don't read it. It's fine. You are very welcome. It's something that I feel very passionately about. <laughs> Maybe I'll chain myself to a door. Do it. I don't know what your aim would be. <laughs> My aim would be for people to acknowledge that all reading is good reading and that if you're not enjoying it, that you should stop and read something that you will enjoy. I imagine someone would come up to you, ask, what are you doing? You'd say that was your demand. They would say, oh yeah, that's true. And you'd have to awkwardly start unchaining yourself before you'd even finish chaining yourself. I don't know. Maybe I'll chain myself to the just the side of the library and when people ask I'll talk about it and I'll be like I'll just do this for a day I'll do this for a day once a month it'll be a okay actually actually the Halloween costume of like ghost of zombie books half red is kind of a good one (laughs) 
<laughs> let's let's close this okay. up so yeah, that yeah. we actually do make the hour mark for a change. Uh, before we get onto social media, you guys might want to know that we got interviewed recently um, by the University Observer in their O2 magazine in the literature section by one H. Reynolds, listener and champion of the pod, honestly, that interview went up the day before the day of recording so we will tweet about it today the link is there if you want to give it a read a longer version of that interview will possibly also be going up in podcast form by the same magazine so keep an eye on our twitter for updates on that you can also keep an eye on our twitter for general updates but yeah we're on (laughs) twitter at forever ya pod we're at instagram at forever ya podcast uh our Goodreads is at Forever Way Pod. And if you want to drop us a few coins at Patreon, we are also on patreon.com forward slash Forever Way Pod. If you don't have money, that is understandably. Who has money? We want to live in a post money world. Uh, our new currency is reviews. And if you want to support us, <laughs> the best place to drop us a review is on Apple Podcasts. Like for seriously, uh, the ratings on there also translate across other platforms so if you do happen to listen to us on apple podcast give us a few stars uh give us a message we'd love to know what you think and if you're not on apple podcasts review if you can tweet about us if we if you can and like if there's anyone you think would be interested in listening to the podcast let them know about it we just like telling people about books we like that we think they might also like grow the community that is accurate grow grow the grow the book the book world i uh my voice is gone i'm sorry help us spread kira's message of don't like don't read (laughs) we should put that on the sticker yeah we should have stickers that's fine that's all for this week take care of yourselves out there kira thank you for potting with me Bye. bye